Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One guy who was never nervous, it was about that action. It was about that smoke. And he wanted to smoke. And he wanted to, he wanted to shine. He loved them from him. There's no doubt about it. But he told us to get your popcorn ready. And we got our popcorn ready, and this guy delivered. Every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, you name it. It's Terrell Owens, Pro Football Hall of Famer. One of the best receivers to ever do it. I think top two is Jerry T.O., and you could argue with your mama about that. But nobody's better than him. Not Randy Moss, nobody. And T.O.'s here to break it down. Completely but first agree. and foremost, we got the wine. And, and T.O., we're waiting on this wine, man. We're waiting on this wine. I know you got some special things happening. T.O., what's up, man? Welcome back to the Morning Rose. Yep, yep, man. Get your popcorn ready early this morning, man. These is free uh, pre-playoff pre, uh, vibes right now. Let me let me start right here. That that catch, obviously, you know, you uh, had a rough day that day in that, that wild card game against the Green Bay Packers. You know what that history, Niners and Packers and all the faltering for the Niners leading up to that game. What What did that catch do for you in terms of confidence building moving forward in your career uh man it did uh exponentially a lot of things man just uh as you mentioned just the confidence and uh you know again it's not how you start it's how you finish uh essentially kind of uh kind of like uh some similarities uh, uh of what the playoffs are like you know what i mean it's not really how you start it's how you finish if you look at yeah. some of the teams that are in the playoffs right now uh they didn't start off particularly well but uh voila here they are um, but back to to me, um, man, it uh, it was kind of like a stepping stone to uh, to my career, uh, stepping stone to to stardom. Um, again, like I said, uh, you know, I put a lot of probably internal pressure on myself to to try to go out there and do some uh, some great things that day. Obviously, uh, my first experience uh, in the playoffs, uh, you know, playing against a historic team franchise, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback in the Green Bay Packers. Um, and man, um, I just wanted to go out there and play well. And sometimes things aren't always as you draw them up or how you visualize them. Um, but you just got to stay the course. Terrell Owens here on the Morning Ross on 95.7 to Gabe, courtesy of the Boxer and Girls and Guest Line. And we can't get enough of this highlight, T.O. I had tears of joy. You had tears of joy. Let's hear about it. Some are all on the call. Three man rush, and Young stumbles on the way back and fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Made the catch. Oh, this is amazing. 
Madden on the call. We get goosebumps whenever we see Madden at Summerall. When you hear that, because I got another cut for you with your former head coach and what he thought about the play and how you came to the sideline. Just when you hear that call, T.O., when you hear that call, what do you first think of? Man, I immediately, when I when I caught the pass, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. Um, you know, that's really kind of what drove me. And obviously, uh, obviously to have a lot of the confidence that I have, um, you got to have faith not only in yourself, but you got to believe in a higher power. And uh, immediately, uh, my grandma, everybody that knows me, uh, yeah. they know my grandma raised me, um, grew up in the church, and literally, like, throughout the course of the game, I thought about her during that game. And immediately, when I caught the, caught the pass and fell to the ground, uh, immediately out of my mouth, my mouth was "Thank you, Jesus." And so I really I mm. thought about my grandmama at that time. So um, again, when you think of a player, um, uh, sometimes a lot of uh, people ask us like, "What's going on? What are you thinking about mm-hmm. during the time here? Do you hear the crowd?" Um, it's you know some of those moments go through your head. You hear it for a second, and then everything goes silent. And so that essentially that's what happened. Everything went silent for a second because I saw the pass. I, I knew I had caught it, and I knew I caught it in between Darren Sharper and a couple of other guys. And I knew when I fell to the ground, like I said, I saw some of my teammates uh, uh, come over to me and uh, pick me up, embrace me. And those words are exactly what I, what I said. I, I immediately thought about my grandmama first, and then it was just like I woke up, and then the crowd was there, and I heard all the noise. Uh, so that was it. Was a very emotional day because I put, I think, again, again, like I said, I put a lot of pressure on myself to play well. Um, obviously, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, JJ. Right. Um, I knew that I was starting to trend. I was starting to get better. Um, I wanted to do a lot of great things, and so we all have those visions as a player of the perfect game. And I was that. Obviously, that was the opposite of a perfect game. Right. And like I said, you hear a lot of guys say. It's cliche. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And that's essentially uh, what it was for me that day. wasn't a perfect game, but it was a perfect moment for you, T.O., winning that, uh, catching that touchdown pass against the Green Bay Packers to advance in the playoffs. Always thought, I always thought, always thought you guys were going to smoke the Falcons had Garrison Hurst not got hurt on the first play of the game. Man. I don't want to bring that up, though. I want to bring this up, Man. though. Steve Mariucci joined our station earlier this week, and here's what he said about the catch against the Green Bay Packers. Oh, he's crying on my shoulder. I said, quit getting your tears on my shirt here. I had to get him off the field. I had to go out there and drag him off the field a little bit because we were, we were going to kick the extra point. I didn't want a penalty. And the place was going berserk, and he was berserk because he was so emotional. He was crying, and he was, like, beside himself, and he had to try to get a grip because it was such a huge play. So it was a huge play. What do you remember about that moment, hugging your coach? And, you know, we know what happened afterwards with Mooch, and we don't need to get into that. But what do you remember about that, hugging your coach and hugging your teammates on the sideline? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, obviously part of that. And, uh, again, like I, said, I remember, you know, J.J., you know, obviously hugging J.J., obviously being in the arms of uh, Mooch at that time. And, and, again, like I said, for me, it was bigger than it was bigger than Mooch. It was bigger than mm-hmm. the Niners. Again, like I said, my faith played a big part in my success. And so again, throughout the course of the day, bro, like that could have gone the opposite way. If I didn't, I wasn't as strong-minded and strong-willed as I was, and really focused and faithful. Um, again, I wouldn't have been able to make that catch. And so that's what those emotions were were, were about. Um, and honestly, like I said, being in that Bay Area, uh, understanding that the, the rich history and the tradition, mm-hmm. uh, trying you know trying to get another championship, which has been you know very elusive so for so many years. 
Um, you know, like I said, you know, obviously Harbaugh getting the, the team back to the Super Bowl, and obviously they didn't win it, but that's the closest they've been back to the Super Bowl since then. And so I wanted to be a part of that, man. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that the way things kind of unfolded. I didn't really end my career there. But, you know, again, like you say, uh, the fans know, man, you know, things happen throughout the course of, uh, of a career, uh, the times that, you know, guys are at places. Um, but for me, man, I, I know I'll always, always be a Niner, um, but I wore four other jerseys um, um, throughout the course of my career. And I just tried to play, you know, with the, the God-given talents that God gave me. And so I tried to do that at every stop. And so, obviously, I'm very fortunate to have uh, been drafted uh, by the 49ers, uh, played there eight years. And, uh, you know, man, hopefully this is a year. Uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. 81vino.com. You can see it on our YouTube page right now. You can see the yep. bottle. It looks yep. beautiful. Yep. Go on there, yeah, order you that. some. And uh, that thing looks Use our awesome. promo code 49ers for t- uh, 10% Say off that again? as well. Promo code 49ers to get 10% off that Perfect. 2018 that's Cabernet. that's the Hall of Fame edition, too. We oh. only have about 32 cases left. That's okay. the Hall of Fame edition. So once this is out, it's a wrap. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, T- uh, so yesterday, T.O., I'm, I'm looking at your timeline. I follow you on Twitter, on X or whatever the hell it's called these days, and, and you're talking about the playoffs, and you're saying there are playmakers and then there are game changers, okay? Yeah. Can you differentiate the two for our audience? Um. Yeah, so obviously you got guys that are on the team uh, that make plays uh, that traditionally, you know, they, they, you know, it's almost like the, I guess, the analogy or the simulation that, uh, Cam Newton was trying to make with, you know, game managers, you know what I mean, and playmakers in, in a sense. And so a playmaker, obviously you got guys that go out there, they, they make plays here and there, but then you have those special players that are on teams that you know you need to get the ball to their game changers. Mm-hmm. That would be your Christian McCaffrey's, mm-hmm. uh, your Christian McCaffrey's. He's a game changer. Uh, he's the X factor uh, in, in order for your team to obviously kind of get over the hump and, and really make plays. A very, uh, very integral part of, of your offense. I just happen to be sometimes I kind of felt like I was kind of a little bit of both. I was a playmaker, um, but again, I was a game changer as well because you know uh, when your hands are on the ball, something special is going to going to happen. That's that's a game changer. Brock Purdy would he be a game changer or just a player who makes plays from time to time? I would say he's a playmaker. I think he's a, he's a playmaker because he has to make the decision. He has to get the ball into the guy's hands uh, to to make those plays. What about, uh, I'm looking over here, I mean, <laughs> you played for the Eagles, you played for the Cowboys, both those teams right. get eliminated, yeah. Jalen Hurts, Dak, McCarthy, like, have at it, have your, Sirianni, what are your thoughts on the on the Cowboys bowing out and the Eagles bowing out? Because I'm happy, I'm thrilled. We're smoking on that Eagles-Cowboys pack, yeah, T.O., we are smoking on that Cowboys <laughs> pack. Well, I think you are, you are, you are along with a lot of people in America, <laughs> y'all, are all smoking, y'all are all smoking that pack, uh, it's a, y'all got a two-pack going on, uh, uh, a, a two for one special. Um, with the, with the Cowboys, honestly, I kind of expected that, and then I'm just being that's just that's just me being honest, and I kind of just take myself uh, out of being a fan. Um, I try I try to take myself out of the biases, um, but that organization is just not really run well. Um, I think in order for that team to really win, um, there's going to have to be some front office, some hierarchy type changes. I'm with probably you. starting with. Yeah, probably starting with the owner and then maybe the GM. That's just me. But again, like I said, they're not going to win anytime soon. Back to the Eagles. Eagles, um, if you factor in the injuries and when you get into the playoffs, that's, you know, anybody knows, like, you, you, you win with sometimes the team that's 
on momentum and the teams that are, that are playing that are the healthiest. Everybody knows this. And obviously, like I said, they weren't a healthy team. What do you think about A.J. Brown as we're talking to Terrell Owens here on the Boxing Girls and Guest Line on the Morning Rose? Go to uh, T.O., go to 81vino.com for the new, the 2018 Cabernet Savignon Reserve. 32 cases left. Hall of Fame edition. 32. Only 32 cases left. You better get them while it's hot right now. Use the promo code 49ers to get 10% off. A.J. Brown didn't seem like he was a big fan of that offense or a big fan of some of the passes he was getting or not getting at Philadelphia. What's your thoughts on him and his long-term future in Philadelphia? Well, I mean, it's frustrating when you're when you're when you're losing. But I mean, they were on a ten and one skid before they probably what until they lost the last six of the last seven or something like that. Um, again, when you're a part of a, a, an offense, and uh, I was in that position where you know you're 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 a big part of the offense and you're not getting involved or what have you. But a lot of a receivers' uh, success is predicated on play calling, and it's predicated on the chemistry of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so for him, I, I, I don't understand why he would be complaining. Um, like I said, I'm not in that locker room. I, I don't really watch the games on, a, on an every weekend basis. So only he can answer the frustration in which he had. But up until this, uh, up until like game 12, they were, they were, they were flying high. Mm-hmm. Uh, no pun intended. They were, they were really flying high, but they started to have some injuries uh, here and there. And that's what I was telling you. Um, going into the playoffs, uh, a lot of two of those things that I mentioned uh, hit them: the injury bug, and then they weren't really playing well. You got to play with yep. momentum, and with this game with the 49ers, you're playing with a young team, and they're playing with momentum. So this could bode well for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, hopefully, the rest off. I said it could help because obviously Christian McCaffrey was hurt uh, to getting him back to health. Uh, but again, sometimes when you're off for a couple of weeks or whatever, that could create some a little bit of rust um, starting out in the game because you can't really simulate uh, game-type mm-hmm. speed uh, or tempo um, when you're not really playing full speed or in practice. You know, the combination of you and Jerry Rice is like – up here, right? It's like all time. It's it's an unbelievable combination. There's been a lot of people talking here like, you can't pay Debo and Ayuk. You just can't pay them simultaneously. As a guy that played with Jerry Rice, I mean, obviously there's a financial component here, but in terms of spreading the ball around and, and how that maybe opens up the field for you, was it better to play with another great wide receiver or was it a little more difficult than people give it credit for? Um, for me, I didn't. I didn't find it difficult because I think if you're playing within the confines of the offense, um, the ball is going to find you. Um, and for me, I knew that I was I was second fiddle playing behind Jerry Rice, and it was that way for years. It was myself and JJ Stokes, and at one point in time, uh, it was me and Jokes. We were kind of uh, JJ Stokes. We were we were jockeying for that wide receiver number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, like I said, at, when, when you're on the field at, at, with, with three great receivers or a number of playmakers, uh, a number of great players that can make plays, then it's all about decision-making and the quarterbacks, you know, uh, just pre-snap read, matchups uh, as far as where he's going to deliver the ball. And so uh, for me, I was a benefactor of obviously the, the double-team coverage that, that, that Jerry Garner, uh, rightfully so, and I just had to make myself and be prepared uh, every weekend. That's why I was able to amass the numbers and amass the success uh, that I was able to uh, to achieve because of me being prepared. But when you think about, you know, obviously the financial component, um, again, I never really fully 
got my just due as far as my market uh, uh, being paid, you know, what I was uh, garnered or should have been uh, making throughout the market. So um, that was part of the reason uh, I didn't end up in San Francisco, amongst some other things. But, you know, that's a, that's a good problem to have when you have receivers like Ayuk. Um, you got uh, Debo. Um, obviously, uh, Kittles, he right. plays a tight end, plays a big part in the success of us guys out, outside because, you know, everybody, sometimes your success and what you're doing, uh, we can benefit on the others doing their job. You know, T.O., there's a lot of hating going on when it comes to Hall of Fame. You know it because you weren't a first battle Hall of Famer for whatever reason. Right. The numbers speak for themselves. We watched you play your entire career. We both have 81 jerseys. We cried when you moved on to Philadelphia and scored all those touchdowns. Then you went to Dallas and you did the same damn thing. Quietly, you had a great season in Buffalo. Then you go to Cincinnati, you have another great season. So we know a lot of hating goes on, especially if you don't win the big one. And so for yeah. this team with the 49ers, we're seeing Frank Gore. We don't know how long he's going to have to wait to get in the Hall of Fame or Patrick Willis. He's been on ballots left and right. He still has to wait. How much mm-hmm. does it impact when you don't come through in the playoffs? And like individuals come through, but as a team, if you don't win that Super Bowl, how much does that affect the legacies of certain players like a George Kittle or Fred Warner when they do get up, retire five years after their career or whatnot, and it comes to that Hall of Fame vote? Because it seems like a lot is dictated during this month of January if you don't get it done. You should be asking Dak Prescott and some of these Cowboys fans this. Uh, again, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's really deflating. It's very disappointing. Right. Uh, especially when you're, you're riding high. And these guys were at the threshold. They were at the door last year. And unfortunate, uh, the unfortunate thing happened with the injury, uh, to Brock Purdy. So again, uh, health is going to play a big key into the success of this team. Um, barring any setbacks, um, barring any slow starts to a game because you, you know, with the with, with the with the Green Bay Packers, they're essentially they're kind of playing with house money. Uh, and, and Jordan Love, he's playing uh, with with like he has nothing to lose, and that's 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 dangerous. Um, and you got a good coach over there that has a young team playing very very well at an elite level. Do they have a shot um, tomorrow, Tio? Do they really have a shot against this Niners team tomorrow? Bro, nobody thought they had a shot against. Yeah, but you, you know, know what I mean? hey Tio, but you and I both know. Dallas is mentally soft. They're mentally fragile. And you've mentioned no, I, it. I, I, I get that. And, and, and trust me, that coach, he's going to have this team prepared. Yep. Uh, I think I've seen a few clips. He knows that this game is going to really be physical. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a chess match between these two coaches. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Um, as I said, uh, it's dangerous when you have a young team that really has really, really playing with house money in, in a sense. They have nothing really – besides the game, they probably feel like they don't have anything to lose. And they're playing with a lot of momentum. Um, Grant, yeah, they gotta, uh, they got to they gotta travel. Um, but that, that, that coach is going to have that team really, really ready to play. And obviously for the Niners, they got to be they, – they, they got to come out of that, that locker room, lathered up, uh, be ready to go uh, from the first snap, from the first blow of that whistle. You know, T.O., I've seen you and Stephen A. going back and forth the last couple of years for a variety of things. And if you don't want to talk about Stephen A., don't you don't have to bring him up directly. But you and the media have always kind of had, you know, things back and forth. From the player's perspective, what is the biggest issue with the, the media and how we talk about the games or the players right. themselves? Why is there such a disconnect? Because it does feel like there's you know a lot of guys taking the, the, the media into their own right. hands, and rightfully so, and the audiences right. are, are craving the players' right. perspective. But it feels like the players are still ticked off at a lot. Not all of them, um, and not all the media, but 
they're just frustrated. There's a lot of Skip Baylesses out yeah. there and stuff like that like, who don't know what they're talking beef? about. What's the biggest beef you think from the players' perspective? Um, just I think some of them they 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 can talk the game, but probably never played the game. Um, and as it relates to Stephen A., I mean, um, a lot of guys that feel like they they know things internally. They have a lot of anonymous sources, and that's not that that's not cool when you don't really know the player uh, personally, or you know, just know you know firsthand like whatever the situation may be, what is transpiring. Like, there's always three sides to the story. I, I, I tell people is is their side, my side, and there's always the truth. Mm. And for me, uh, I'm always about the truth. And anybody that knows me. Um, there's no reason for me to lie about anything. Um, but when you have you use your platform um, to obviously, you know, to, in today's age, it, it's to gain a, a large audience, clickbait, things of that nature, uh, given semi, you know, factual information, right. um, you know, feeding, feeding the audience, you know, what they need to feed them um, without any without any full truth to it, I think that's where uh, it tends to rub a lot of athletes the, the wrong way. And, you know, Stephen A., he feels like he has, you know, uh, the heartbeat uh, of a locker room or certain guys or whatever, but nobody's really feeling Stephen A. like that. Mm. He gets on his platform, he uses ESPN and his own personal platform uh, to, to, to kind of expose some things. Even with me in our situation, he went on there and said, you know, held up papers like he had something on it, like he was going to expose me. For what? But again, he's feeding that all the audience false information. I, and I told him, I, I fired back. Show me what you have on me. Right. Whatever you got to expose me on, whatever those papers are, just just kind of misleading that audience. I, I urge you to show people what you got on me because, again, I know I'm not perfect, but it's nothing near uh, what you're alluding to what you have on that pa- those papers as far as exposing me. So those are the type of things that, I, that that's really off base for me. And it's personal. It, you're taking personal shots at me and you're, 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 you're tinkering with, you know, my financial right. uh, way or means of, of mm-hmm. making dollars off the field yeah. because that's, that's, that's negative. Yep. Um, and you're trying to tarnish, uh, you know, defamation that's tarnishing, you know, my image in, in a sense. And so, uh, those are sort of things that, that guys don't like. And so obviously with, uh, obviously these, these media platforms, guys can go, uh, on and really go and uh, address some of these things that are being told it is. for over the years, uh, over the years, guys felt like they were suppressed. They feel like they felt like they didn't have a voice. I've always felt like I had a voice. I just chose to use it when I could. But if you ask any of my coaches, especially individual coaches um, that coach me, they'll tell you I'm probably one of the honest and probably one of the most unapologetic guys and honest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, no doubt. I, I know Stephen A's probably mad at you because you were signing with Max Kellerman because he was keeping it real. And then it's just kind of ironic right. that him and Whitlock are going back and forth together. But what about Cam Newton? Before we get you out of here, I like what Cam Newton's doing. I love the video he put out yesterday when they were trying to call him, you know, uh, look at the yeah. stats here. And he said, hey, I'm a dual threat quarterback. Tell the entire right. story. I think Cam right. Newton's on to something here, T.O. No, no, he is. And I applaud. I think I, I, think I, I may have uh, kind of chimed in or posted a comment because, again, uh, late last night because I saw that with Jason McIntyre. Yeah. And these are some of the things that, again, the fans get caught up into because they take whatever these commentators, these analysts are saying as biblical. Um, and then they, start to, then they start to attack and mistreat or uh, not like uh, a player because of they feel like they have inside information because they're on TV and as if they don't, they lie too. You know what I mean? Uh, they're human. Um, they're not always telling the truth. And, and it goes beyond the scope.
scope of journalism, uh, if you yeah. will. And so this is where, again, you start to, like I said, we can all dig into somebody's personal life and find something right. uh, about them. Um, but if you're going to hold a job and be journalistic, uh, be truthful with the information that you're putting out there. And some, some, some information that they got, that, that they give, it's not, it's not totally true, uh, but it's almost like it's like when you're 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 trying to tell a story or you're trying to hide something uh, without actually telling a lie. It's like you're lying by omission. Right. And that's essentially what some of these commentators and analysts are doing. They're feeding the audience what they want to feed them, and the audience is doing nothing but buying into it. Right. It's just like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> every year, every year, Jerry Jones feeds them. They're buying into them probably winning the championship. Jerry Jones, let me tell you, Cowboys fan, Jerry Jones is winning no, like, any way you look at it, win, lose, or draw, whether they win a championship for whatever time he has left on this earth, He's always winning because these these fans are going to fill that hundred thousand hundred thousand seat stadium. They're going to buy that merch to to, to make them the the the, the most richest uh, team in America. They're going to do all those things. Guess what? The bottom line for Jerry is that money. He's always going to win whether they win, lose, or draw. So it doesn't matter what they do. So these Cowboy fans, they can keep crying. The best thing they can do is boycott going to the boycott going to some of those Cowboy games for a number of years until they until they get to at least the NFC Championship. Right, well, take, nothing's going to change. <laughs> they haven't done that since 1995, and hopefully, T.O., Whenever you join this show, we love when you join the show. We try to keep it real every day. We try to do the opposite of what we see out there nationally. We understand the players make the game. We tell our stories based off what you guys do on Sundays, Saturdays, yep. or Mondays, and we appreciate. Appreciate it. We always appreciate the time. T.O., man, you're a great. We got to get you out here. How are you not out here to blow the foghorn tomorrow at Levi Stadium when you have one of the most memorable moments, my number one moment when it comes to Niners-Packers playoff history? How are we not out here in the Bay Area right now, T.O.? Hey, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. All right, man. It's but great to see you, buddy. What, what we do know is you need to go get that 81 Vino, uh, 81Vino.com, yeah. the 2018 Cabernet Savino Reserve from Paso, Paso Robles. Uh, use the promo code 49ers to get 10% off the Hall of Fame edition. How many cases, CO? 32 left. Yes, yeah, about yes, yeah, about thirty-two or so uh, cases left, man. So uh, get it while 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 the, uh, the getting is good right now, man. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, the game has always been uh, uh, special to me. You guys have always been fair. Uh, do right by me, man. Appreciate it, and uh, go Niners. It was good. Appreciate it. The Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer, should have been first ballot, but he's in there, Kenton, Ohio. To here on the morning roast, Terrell Owens. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.